as soon as it came out of my mouth, I realized it sounded way more awesome. Like, You're like this is cool. <laughs> Hello there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Two Guys, a Girl, and a Comic Book Podcast. I'm Andy. Along with me are my two wonderful friends and co-hosts, uh, Kelsey and Ryan. Guys, how are you doing today? Good. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and not to- watching Bones. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Man, Ryan, you're like really harping on that. Uh, oh, no. Watch out. What if like David Boreanaz becomes a fan and then he's like, hey, I wish that you would respect my catalog of like artistry. I would be like, I love you on Angel. Get off fucking Bones. He's like, I gotta get paid. Also. <laughs> He's going to write me a love letter be like, listen, Kelsey, I love your podcast. You guys are really funny. I love comics, so this is really something that's important to me. But I need you to kill that guy Ryan for me, and I'll <laughs> fucking do it. I don't even care. Like, you're cool, man. But you're not it's that more cool. like he's going to be like, I need you to get that shirt that Ryan Reynolds wore. <laughs> because he was on that show. I just, we, I, we, that's two times now. Yes, I showed you guys pictures last week that he was on that show. I remember confirming Nathan Fillion being on it. I don't remember confirming. Oh yeah, I'm thinking yeah. Fillion. Sorry, I'm yeah, looking at. I'm looking at. You're thinking of that other hunky leading man <laughs> that uh, nerd girls everywhere go crazy about. Well, I think mean, too. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's very true. I don't want to be uh, exclusionary there. You know, if, if celebrity deathmatch still existed, I feel like that would happen. Ooh. David Boreanaz and Nathan Fillion. Well, yeah. okay, now that you've mentioned it, who do you take in that fight? Like, uh, um, If we're playing straight, I'm going to say David Boreanaz. If we're doing prison rules, I'm going to say Fillion. Oh, wow. See, actually, wanna, is it like Captain Mal versus Angel, or is it Fillion versus David Boreanaz? Yeah, see, I don't know, like, I mean, I guess Celebrity Deathmatch, you know, it always kind of, like, blurred the lines, where, like, they got a little bit of their outside stuff, so maybe it's, like, a bit of Angel and a bit of Captain Mal? I, I think if it was as their characters, we already know that Mal would win, because he doesn't give a fuck. As people, though, that's when I put my money on Boreanaz. Hmm. I'll go with that. I'm just saying, because we already talked about it briefly, but my sweet baby love Nathan Fillion is getting older, and... Marlon Brando fatter, so I'm just saying. Like, well, I feel like if, if if he punched someone, he would just like giggle afterwards and wouldn't <laughs> be able to do it again. <laughs> I like it. He would just be like, ah, punching's goofy. And then he just like, he wouldn't even be able to keep a straight face. I like how we're like, we're going to stay on track this podcast. Yes, nope. speaking of staying on track, we wanna, we are going to have a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Uh, we have some news that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Marvel and a very interesting crossover that they have announced. Uh, them bringing back uh, something from our past that is much beloved. We're going to be talking about uh, a show that AMC has in the works and some kind of interesting people that are attached to it. And last but not least, we're actually going to talk about DC Comics in our news uh, segment. They've announced a brand new event, and uh, Ryan has some very choice thoughts on it. But first, we want to talk about a weird crossover that was just announced, and that happened that C.B. Sibulski, who is a talent scout for Marvel, ended up announcing earlier this week uh, on Monday that two weeks from Monday they're going to be releasing a Attack on Titan cross Marvel <laughs> crossover. And the picture that they put out there is like Spider-Man swinging away from like a giant Titan. So I don't know what that means, but it's kind of cool. I don't know. I think my favorite thing in respect to this entire like news announcement is that when they announced it, they had to put, no, seriously, it's not a joke. <laughs> 
just that clarification is just worth everything to me. <laughs> so good. I have never watched that show. I haven't either, but it's real big at Comic Cons. I know that for a fact. So I've, I've watched a, a bit of Attack on Titan, and it's like, I mean, like you guys are both like aware of the premise, right? The like yes. post-apocalyptic and whatever. It's a very grim and gory and gruesome universe. So I don't know. Maybe we'll actually get like the death of Wolverine. You know, that could be really interesting if that actually happened. Um, oh, you mean he's not just gonna like freeze and fake carbonite on top of a roof while the sun's coming up? Wait, like a I... fucking Thomas Kincaid painting? <laughs> But are you saying that Wolverine is dead? Like, I thought he had a healing... Never mind. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's going to be like a manga. It's... Who knows who's going to be involved? I guess Spider-Man somehow involved. I don't know if it's going to be like Avengers or... If I read, a, a, like, a premise that it's it's going to be the Titans are attacking New York. Hmm. So I would guess Avengers, um, Spider-Man, probably some X-Men. Maybe Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah, they're things. I guess I just forget about them because they're boring. <laughs> right. I guess, are they, are they in the, they're not really a four at the moment, right? They're like I'm all pretty sure they're canceled. That's the big part. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? I remember now. After Hickman got off the comic, I stopped reading it. Um, <laughs> anyways, it should be cool. Like, we'll wait and see in two weeks what it looks like. I'm sure we'll hear more from, like, Marvel in the future about everything that they love about Attack on Titan and whatnot. They're probably just going to announce in, like, a week that Disney just bought the company that makes Attack on Titan anyways. They're going to be like, oh, it's ours now. In the stunning new announcement, Disney is announcing that they have bought... <laughs> I don't even know what the studio is. I'm terrible. I don't even They're know just going to, like, high-five with the Olsen twins who own all of the fashion in the world. And they're going to be like, what's up? Now we own everything. Me, Disney, the Olsen twins, McDonald's, and Starbucks. <laughs> Dude, I would be 100% cool if I could go to, like, Starbucks and they're like, yeah, every time you order a venti drink, you get a free downloadable comic book. So, like, tangentially, <laughs> so tangentially I've been playing a whole bunch of, of um, like, Civ Beyond Earth over the last two weeks, like, in the mm-hmm. bits of spare time that I have. And instead of civilizations, they're, like, corporations and stuff. I really wish that, like, they would implement, like, a McDonald's corporation into Beyond Earth, like... You get, like, food bonuses, but massive unhealthiness bonuses, and, like, your... Yes, food bonuses, also cancer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Also, Ryan's side note, on the Starbucks app, like, they do give out comics for free all the time. Like, I just, that's how I got Court of Owls. (laughs) Ooh, that's not bad. That's a good comic to get for free. (laughs) Yeah, that's, like, the one good DC comic. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Smart move, DC. I know. (laughs) They yeah, hook so us pro- with the good shit and then reel us into all the other garbage. <laughs> so speaking of good shit uh, from back in the day, the other announcement that Marvel made this week was that they're going to be bringing back the 1992 configuration of the X-Men, most famous from, like, the cartoon. that Fox cartoon. <laughs> probably most of us, I, mean, I know that's right in our generation's wheelhouse, but so it's going to be a team made up of Professor X, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Storm, Jubilee, and Nightcrawler. Maybe Rogue and Gambit. Rogue and Gambit, exactly. You know, actually, you know, Jean's not on the cover of that comic. Ooh. Are they doing, like, the Star Jammers area where it's already a Phoenix? I'm wondering, that's what I'm wondering is if it's a continuation of the show. Did you guys, like, have you watched it recently? Yes. So <laughs> I, You mean the 92... 92- 
show, like the 92. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I watched it not that long ago. I on Netflix recently. Yeah. yeah, I bought, like, some burned copies off that, off eBay, like, you know, before, like, streaming them on YouTube was a thing. <laughs> and I recently rewatched them, and, like, that shit gets weird at the end. It's because there's, like, an entire episode where Gambit pretty much, like, kidnaps Rogue, too, <laughs> which I never said. Which never, like, really sat well with me. Yeah, the X-Men cartoon is really interesting because, like, the first eight episodes are really kind of, like, closely based around, you know, pretty common X-Men mythos or whatever with, like, the Sentinels and, and, like, Morph and whatever. Very clear. And then they kind of just go off on the rails. And, yeah, like you mentioned, Kelsey, like, there is, like, a whole arc where, like, Gambit oh, no, just, No, no, no. Like, I think I'm wrong. I think that's right? on X-Men Evolution, maybe? maybe? Or maybe I'm thinking, because I remember there was, like, a huge arc where, like, Gambit trotted no, off no. to, like, New Orleans for yeah, a while. Yeah, that happens. Gambit right? is, goes back to, he goes back to the South to, like, go um, deal with his so, family and everything. Belladonna, and Belladonna and his wife or whatever. Yeah. That's name. Yeah. Dude, that show, yeah. that show just assumes so much of, like, 92, right? I'm... I'm four yeah. years old watching X Men on, on TV, and that 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 show like whoever's making it is just like, hey guys, I know our target audience is like four to nine year olds, but we're gonna throw a bunch of shit in here that is not gonna make any sense at all unless you know, you've it was, read history. It was the test of time. Yeah, well, if you go back, there's literally one part where Gambit has a flashback of Ghost Rider in the sewers. Being attacked by a brood, which never happens in the cartoon. It is literally, it's literally a reference to a comic book that they never even talk about in the show. Yeah, there's all kinds of like really weird, like wacky side stories that they ended up doing. I think what ended up happening is after like that first run of the Fox series, like whoever was in charge of it was like, all right, guys. So uh, let's talk about who's like getting the most action figures sold for us right now. And they were like, you know, people really like Gambit, so we're going to do this three-episode yeah. arc on him right now. And people really, you know, and I think that that's kind of where it ended up at the end, and I think that's why it kind of at the end it got a little, like you said, wacky and what the hell is going on here? People really like Gambit, so we're going to introduce a space pirate who also has a headband, and he has a sweet mustache, and he makes love to this cat thing. Also, the Cyclops' only is dad. Also Cyclops' is dad. <laughs> <laughs> the only um, CDC graded comics I have is the entire like Rogue spinoff books, and then the Gambit spinoff books, and everything else is like meh. <laughs> so the first trade that I ever got as like a kid was the big thick uh, Dark Phoenix saga that like happens like you know afterwards or whatever. Of course, it's all beat up because I'm a terrible child and I like didn't know how to treat things. Because um, you're a child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like I remember reading that, and I remember in the first part I was like, "This is just like the cartoon," and then I was like, "This is." not like the cartoon at all what is going on here like i was all confused <laughs> and shit uh but it was uh it was very good i don't know i'm i'm excited i'll I'm read that comic so hyped for it also well, i love on the poster how dumb they made jubilee look because i hate her so much but like every other character i, I mostly just hate her because her name is jubilee like her hero name and her real name is jubilation lee yeah yeah and i think that's just the laziest writing like okay auto octavius okay cool yeah that's the laziest writing in the world I hate her. I love that she is, I love that they have mutants of, like, color and whatnot, like, for lack of a better term, but, like, I love the diversity in the background and everything like that, and I love that she's, like, this Asian X-Men, but I hate her character as a person, because she's the most she's, annoying fucking queen. She is a vampire now in the yeah. comic books. She's a vampire with a tiny baby strapped to her a chest. Baby. I hate her. 
I just hate her. I read a lot about the X-Men 92, and because Marvel finally unveiled their final, um, like, teaser poster mm-hmm. for everything they've been doing. Have you guys seen that? I think I... And it just says, it just says, um, uh, I can't remember exactly, it says something like, this is the end, or it ends here, something like that. Um, and then it, it quotes it as um, spring of huh. 2015, and all the other things they announced are summer of 2015. A lot of people are saying possibly, like, a Marvel Universe reboot. Oh, yes. Uh, it's all white, and it's got black, and it says everything oh, everything ends. ends. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh. There's also been a lot of, like, theories that with the Avengers, with Hickman's Avengers fucking with all the multiverses. Oh, with, like, the incursion events that yes. have been going on in New oh, Avengers. Oh, my God, I don't even know how many times I read that word today. Incursion, just <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Um, so they're thinking, with the Watcher dying, they're thinking that, like, multiverses are going to mix over, and we're going to get this big run of comics that are just basically, like, a summer of what-ifs. And it's all going to feed into Secret Wars. <laughs> yes, it's all feeding into Secret hmm. Wars. They said everything is feeding into Secret Wars. Makes sense. I and, of course, there's, like, con- comic book conspiracy theorists who are like, I found this issue from three years ago that makes a direct reference to a quote that Bendis made at New York Comic Con. I'm like, oh, my God. Based on the uh, cadence of his speech and the selection of vowels used in his words, I've run an algorithm and determined. <laughs> like, I'm a huge nerd. I, I'm like, how do you make enough money to sit at home and do that? Like, I would love, one day I want Chris Hardwick to just, like, email us and he's like, like, hey, guys, I just want you to sit on the radio for 16 hours a day and talk about comic books. And if I can make my living doing that, then I will go over every fucking panel of Hickman's X-Men or Avengers and figure out, like, what the connection to, to Secret Wars is. But until then, I don't understand how people can do that. Yeah, I was talking to someone, one of my uh, one of my friends who wants to be, like, a he wants to be, like, a stand-up comedian, and he was like, he was like, dude, if I could make enough money to pay for rent and ramen noodles seven days a week, I would eat it all day if I could just That's be a comedian. Cameron. Not like fucking Cameron. I was like, no, it wasn't Cameron, actually, unfortunately. <laughs> as as wonderful as that would be. Except if it was Cameron, he'd be like, to get ramen noodles and the hat once a week? No, he'd be like ramen noodles and Portillo's once a week. Oh if my I know god, Cameron. that dude in Portillo's. <laughs> Video games but and anyway. making fun of me because his hair is longer than mine now. <laughs> oh man, I guess that makes two of us, huh? I know. Portillo's is a deity to him. <laughs> well, admittedly, Portillo's is very delicious. <laughs> um, if you guys have Portillo's near you, then you are fucking, I'm so sorry for your laws. Yeah. <laughs> You should you should see about trying to rectify that situation or taking a trip out to a nearby Portillo's. We're all going to read this 92-era comic book series, I assume. Also, a weird side note that I have to bring up because it's been, like, inside of me all day okay. is while we're talking about, like, Blast from the Past and things that are coming back. Uh, it's not super comic-related, but um, they definitely just announced today at the Nintendo kind of um, um, event that they are bringing back Majora's Mask for 3DS. Which is one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me, and it's coming spring 2015, y'all. Oh yeah, that's right. They had uh, the big Nintendo Direct event this today, right? They did, and right. I'm so hyped. Like I ditched my 103 class today because I had to stay and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm real deep into Zelda series, and this is everything I've ever wanted because they already gave me Ocarina of Time, and now I have Majora's Mask both on 3DS. I can play them anywhere. I know I'm in the minority here. I am one of the few people on Earth that probably likes Majora's Mask more than Ocarina of Time. Uh, you probably are in a very small grouping of that, but I am 
I definitely love Ocarina of Time more, but Majora's Mask also holds, like, a super special place in my heart for, like, forever. Okay, so, uh, actually, Ryan, I think you're, that group that you're in is a lot bigger than you think it is. I don't know. I've heard that opinion from, like, a bunch of, like, nerdy people that I've talked to and stuff. That they yeah, just, I feel like, like the older you get, the, like, if you go back and play it, you're like, oh, Ocarina of Time is, like, yeah. good. But, like, Majora's Mask had, like, this dark element to it. And it was also just, like, for me, it was, like, a lot more more intelligent puzzle solving. Like, a lot more side quests. Oh, man. I can't remember. I can't remember who wrote it. And I can't remember if this person was, like, sane or not. But I remember reading, like, this, like, paper or website or whatever that said, like, that they posited that Majora's Mask is actually the afterlife. And it's that what happens after he dies. Yeah. In Ocarina of Time, and that each of the, like, villages represent, like, a stage of grief, and it's, like, Link realizing that he's actually dead, which is why, like, all of the places are the same and stuff. I don't know. And all the characters are the same, but they have different names and different jobs and stuff. Like, yeah. it's for real. Like, I go real deep into, like, Zelda lore. <laughs> like, I can't help it. It's just in my blood. Like, this is, like, the first game I ever played that wasn't a JRPG, necessarily. So, like, it just stuck with me because I actually understood, like, what was happening. And it's just, like, kind of, there's, like, two timelines, really, like, if the hero is successful in Ocarina of Time and if the hero is defeated. And then it goes down, like, these separate paths. And um, if he's defeated at the, or, I say it's, if he's successful, I think, after Ocarina of Time, then it goes to Majora's Mask. And um, it just gets real weird. But point being, you guys should do some research on it and get Hyrule Historia. It's great. I just have to talk about it because I'm obsessed with Legend of Zelda. And Link uh, is my boy. Yeah, anyways, uh, AMC has been kind of flirting with the idea of doing a series based on the comic Preacher for, what, maybe like a couple months or so? I think it's been kind of floating around out there. They actually um, talked about it last year. Uh, around this time last year, uh-huh. very quietly, they were like, basically, someone came out and they're like, hey, we're thinking about making Preacher. And that was like all they had to say. And then they just like kind of drifted back into the background of like media. So, like, you know, like, a couple hardcore fans were like, wait, what? Did AMC say they're making Preacher? But, like, no one said anything after that, so it kind of just floated in the ether for a while. Yeah, but the the story that I read said that, um, actually, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, um, Seth Rogen I'm sure most people know, but Evan Goldberg worked with Seth Rogen writing This Is The End, which was a hilarious spoof of a uh, apocalypse movie. I don't. I have feelings about this because, like, I like them as like a writing team because they gave us such things as like super bad, and this is the end. I think they're hilarious, and when it's in their wheelhouse. But these are also the same guys who wrote Green Fucking Hornet. And, oh, like, I like Green Hornet. Oh, why does everyone hate that movie so much? Terrible. That's why it's not that bad. That movie you know, is what, the Paul Blunder Paul like the fucking comic book sphere. It's so bad. Look at your fucking source material. Like, what are you going to do? Oh, yeah, there's this guy named the Green Hornet, and he has a super stereotyped Asian-like partner. Bruce Lee's dead, by the way. Can't do that anymore. Who's his Who's his butler, right? <laughs> yeah, Kato. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think that, uh, I don't know. I think, like, the thing with the Green Hornet is I think that, like, for a lot of people, like, for a generation before us, I think the Green Hornet is kind of a lot more of kind of like a nostalgic-y kind of thing because they remember the old, like, series and everything. Um, but I, I don't know, like, I didn't... Dude, I think you're going, you gotta go, like, two generations before us. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about that now, no, I, I definitely do, yeah. It's, I, I mean, I watched it. it, it was like, it was, 
okay. I don't know. I was just like I not really impressed. Worst comic book movies. Yeah, it was. It was no. Yeah, because we live in a world where like Daredevil and Electra exist. <laughs> like I would put it in the mid range. Like there's there's like Burn It, Watchable, and then Godlike, and like anything under Marvel Studios banner is Godlike, and then stuff like you know like Green Hornet or. Uh, or so like kick ass. I don't know about anything. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I like kick ass. Because they with like X two. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's not Marvel Studios. That's Fox. <laughs> yeah. Oh right, right, right. Sorry, I forgot. They still the rights, for, or they had the rights for that. Yeah. Also, X two is by far the best of the X Men franchise. Really? Of the original three X Men, absolutely. I don't know. They all for as much like X Men is by and far like my favorite franchise from Marvel, but I was just really disappointed by it in general. So not just like, X Two, but like the whole original trilogy. Well, the original trilogy for the most part is pretty garbage. Like the, I mean, the first one has the shock and awe of like I was what twelve when that came out, so it's like oh my god, these characters that I loved growing up are finally getting a movie, and like CG is not atrocious anymore, <laughs> even though it's not great in that movie. It's but, not like. But, 1960s Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so God. Like, oh, man, I get to watch the X-Men, and then, like, I liked X-Men 1, and X-Men 2, I thought was just, I mean, Wolverine's, Wolverine's fight scene in the manor alone was enough to carry that movie. I don't know, like, yeah, I think... Like, I, I think what carried that, those, like, movies more than anything was the casting with them, except for Rogue as Anna Paquin. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I... Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I that's, exactly, that's exactly uh, what Jack, I was going to get at. Hugh like, Jackman and Patrick Stewart were, were built to be those characters. Yeah, absolutely. Just like Ian McKellen's made. Yes. Yeah, like, like, no, I back that. But, like, most of the cast was on par, but just... The Gambit cameo and Wolverine, and then like oh, Anna Paquin no, and Rogue, it just breaks my heart because they're two of the best characters. Okay, and they're not, G, like, you know we yeah. just know we know that we just ignore that whole Wolverine movie thing that they did. <laughs> like I, you know, I just I, I watched that movie and then I went and I took a bottle of vodka and I just drank it until I could not remember what had happened the rest of the day. <laughs> They're going to um, feel like you took a bottle of vodka and just, like, poured it on the floor of the theater and lit that bitch aflame. Oh, well, I don't want to hurt anyone else. I just wanted to eyes. destroy the brain cells that had memory of that atrocious <laughs> film that I had to sit through. Uh, but, yeah, luckily I only paid $2 to see it. But, you know, like, <laughs> that that was, like, poor Gambit representation, and I just kind of, like, ignore that whole thing. And um, also, I'm still really upset that they cast Channing Tatum as new Gambit. Uh, I, I still can't get past it. Like, uh, I, I like Channing Tatum, too. Like, I like the 21 Jump Street movies. Yeah, um, in that capacity, he's fine. But I just... Uh, no, he's like, I don't know about that casting at all. Like, and also, what is... Literally, if you read the interview with the lady director who's going to be doing it, she pretty much just wants to fuck Channing Tatum. There is clear agenda behind that move. So, like... Like, uh, why can't we cast an actual fucking Cajun? So, why do we have to live in Apparently, Channing Tatum is from the South. He's from, like, Louisiana or something, but he's still fucking terrible, so... So I know that Kelsey has seen this picture before, but I'm putting it in the Skype chat for you, Ryan, because Gaspard Ulay, I believe is the way to pronounce his name, Last name is U L L I E L is the mm-hmm. absolute mm-hmm. perfect fucking gambit and yeah. uh, who's that dude? Let's get him. Yeah, I just right. Want him in my body. <laughs> I mean, like we can cast him for that role as well, Kelsey. But you know, we can like, cast that's... him for whatever role he wants. Exactly. Like, uh, but I don't know. Like I just feel like you know, this is a dude who's an actor. He's got uh, IMDb page. He's got some some credits. I don't know. I, 
I think the Marvel casting now, people are kind of like hungry to get that next big name because things like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. really worked out, you know, so swimmingly. And I think they're kind of like hoping that, hey, maybe we'll maybe Channing Tatum's the next uh, Chris Evans. He just works the shit out of this. But I... although Chris Evans, admittedly, isn't he doing the thing where he's like, I don't want to do these movies anymore. Same thing with him and Idris Elba. Like they're both uh, kind of like, Idris Elba. Listen. I understand that we're upset at him right now, but he is perfect in every other way. I know he's, like, godlike to you, but that, when I read that interview, when I read that interview, it was like he actually walked into my house, and I was like, oh, what are you doing here? And You're like, Idris Elba, I'm so happy to see you. He just slapped me in the face, and he was like, fuck you and your Thor franchise, and walked out. I know, I know. Like, I love him a lot, generally, but this one is like, Seriously, though? Like, I get I get it. It's tough, and it sucks, and the work is work. But, like, come on, man, so you're ruining the like, whimsy for so many people by saying all these things. I, it's fine if you don't like your job. Just get out of it when you can. But just don't ruin it for us, man. Fuck. Even just the things he was saying, like, I was Mandela. I'm like, okay, well, you weren't Nelson Mandela, actually. You're Idris Elba. Yeah, you I made mean, him in a movie. Okay, Daniel Day-Lewis, calm down. You're not actually him. <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, actually I'm, not, I'm not sure if he's actually like a method actor, but at any rate, I think that some of it is, I don't think anyone who signed on for that first bank of like the Marvel movies the first time Realized around, exactly, like knew the Leviathan that they were strapping themselves to, and now it's like swimming <laughs> through the depths of the Marvel ocean, and Idris Elba's like, hey guys, I uh, want to do an art film uh, about, you know, uh, sunshine and rainbows, and, yeah. I don't how do you know. not expect, how do you not expect that, though? That would be, like, all those fucking actors and actresses in Twilight who are like, well, we didn't know it'd be this popular. How did you not know that? Oh, you mean Robert Pattinson? <laughs> well, no, Robert Pattinson was like, I don't care that it's popular. I love the way he deals with the media, but, like, he Kristen Stewart all the time was just like, I didn't realize how popular I'd be. How did you not realize every fucking Mormon in America is, like, fucking masturbating while reading your this franchise? Well, I think it just speaks to the sense that, like, before these things were super popular, because now it's we're in a fucking golden age of comic book-related cinema. Like, we get superhero movies and comic-related movies and TV shows all the fucking time. I would almost use the word oversaturated, except for I fucking love it. But back in the day before that was really even an issue, back when, like, maybe, like, Spider-Man was out, and the very first ones, I don't think they realized it was going to take off the way it did because I didn't think they realized how underrepresented this like int- this huge fucking interest was and that people like us would be fucking flock to it and I don't think they realized our addictive natures with the source material well, they so, like, existed in a world where Comic Con was already a thing like oh thousands of nerds go out to watch other nerds talk about nerd things well, so yeah. we play these yeah, nerds but that, but that was just, but that was just about, that was just about like which I understand. I don't think it's, like, a full excuse, but you have to understand, like, the timeline was different. Well, I, I also think that, like, there's another element here with, like, Marvel finally essentially going all in on the movies. You know, like, this whole Marvel cinema announcement. Balls deep. Yeah, like, I'm sure that maybe, you know, Idris Elba signed on for Thor 1, and then they were like, hey, this did really well. Let's do Thor 2. 
Also, we've got a little bit in the contract here that maybe if we need you for another movie or two down the line, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, some of that is on him. You know, read what you're signing, read what you're agreeing to. But some of that also is he couldn't have known that Marvel would have gone so hard and that it would have been much more of, like, a series. Because in the past, a lot of the comic book movies have been kind of one and done in the sense that they've kind of done them, and then it's like, okay, we're moving on. We're going to do a different series. Especially for, like, ancillary characters, like... But see, the thing is, like, it wasn't even just with Marvel. Like, he, he even went off on, like, Pacific Rim or whatever. Just any kind of movie with, like, a green screen, he's just not about anymore. Which is fine, but, like, I don't know, maybe be less of a shitbag about it. Yeah, I think you could have had more tact. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's like, I think it's very classless. Do whatever you want to do, but just don't make us feel like shit about the things that we want to like, man. Like... I don't know. Yeah, you don't have to call out, like, the production staff and, like, the director and shit like that. You know, you can just be like, hey, I didn't like the production process. Yeah, like, this shit means a lot of things to a lot of different people. And as much as, as hard as it was for him, I'm sure it's much harder for the people who had to, like, generate the fucking CG that goes on the fucking green screen and come up with his makeup and do everything. Like, he does work, but there's an entire, like, fucking world full of people who are, like, working their ass. You know how many frames of video are in each second of that giant shot of the kaiju saving that little girl? when you walk up to her in front of the green screen Idris Elba, right? Like, <laughs> Jesus, like, just so you know, they gotta animate every one of those. Yeah, like, I'm all about him, like, doing his own thing, and that's fine, but just don't be a dick about it. <laughs> that's, that's all I gotta say. Anyways, uh, we were talking about Preacher. That's what I was just about Sorry. to say. Uh, Preacher is a fantastic comic book, and I don't know. I think it could be a, a kick-ass AMC like procedural, kind of the same vein as you know maybe something like The Walking Dead or whatever. Well, they got Sam. It'll be okay um, if only for the reason that's on AMC. They have Sam Catlin. Um, he was one of the producers on Breaking Bad. He's going to be the showrunner. Shit. So I mean, they got some like heavy hitter talent behind it. Um, this is another thing I know I'm in the mi- minority of. I don't really care for AMC television. Who are you right now? It is Please. too. It is too slow burn for me. What? Mm-hmm. Andy, Andy, listen to me. I need you to listen to me right now, Andy. We need to vote Ryan off the island. Wait, 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 wait. We're voting Ryan off the island. Yes. Let's see, I think that's a no. <laughs> Fine. Um, but at any rate, I don't totally agree with Ryan, but I will say that like. The Walking Dead has definitely, like, had a dip in its quality. And admittedly, I haven't watched the last two episodes of this season or whatever, but I've heard good things. I don't know. The production values are there for, like, the individual shows and stuff, so I feel like maybe maybe they aren't going well. Yeah, KG, it's definitely you. (laughs) We're we're having technical difficulties. We're trying to figure it out. You work at... Don't you have, like, eight million pairs of headphones just fucking lying around your room? Hey, you know, no matter where anyone works, I'm sure um, that headphones No, are. but see, Andy, that's my biggest problem. So I was all hyped with Walking Dead when it came out, and I quit watching. Which season did you get to? I got through three. You left when the season finale was the Rick exposition dump, when he lectured the group for ten minutes? Yep. Oh, Jesus. Admittedly, that's like the most Kirkman writing thing that could have ever happened in the existence of time. Because in reading the hundred and something odd issues of Walking Dead that I have, there's definitely several pages where it's like, oh, hey, look at all this text on the page for a while. See, I think, I think, Kirk, I think Invincible is the superior Kirkman comic. Ooh, imagine if we could get an Invincible TV show. Oh, that'd be incredible. I, I would, I would, but for all, I would fangirl so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but like for all of you know, Ryan and me being a bit of a 
you know, like spoil sport when it comes to The Walking Dead. It has done fantastically well, and there's no denying that it's super profitable for AMC. It has to be making them tons of money. I have to think that, like, Norman Reedus is absolutely adoring the defibrillator to his career that occurred when he got cast as Daryl Dixon. Who, um, by the way, doesn't even exist in the Hollywoods. Yeah, I mean... Until recently. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, there's it's it's very obvious that they've kind of realized what's a good thing and what's working. I definitely, I mean, like, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Walking Dead included, I can, like, recognize that they're well-made, high production values, excellent acting. It's, they're just, I can't, I don't have the patience for a slow burn. It's just not something I can handle, especially with as much TV as I watch and, like, my ABV personality. It's like, holy shit, okay, 40 minutes of fucking Carl just screwing everything up. I get it. Yeah. Um, that's because every episode with Carl is formally renamed as the what stupid fucked up shit will Carl do now to ruin the rest of our lives adventure hour. Yeah. Um, at least until he grew up. <laughs> yeah, I guess Kirkman really doesn't feel like the children are our future. You know? I, yeah, I watched Carl that for two seasons <laughs> and I was over it. And everyone's like, Carl's a badass now. And I'm like, we already should have been a badass before when he <laughs> shit about the show. <laughs> I don't know. Beth is my badass. Beth is a she handles some fucking business. That's for damn sure. Don't don't say anything about the new season. I'm not caught up. Well, no, I mean just in general. Uh, I'm not oh. giving anything away or whatever. Um, Word. Walking Dead is one of those things that I can't watch week to week. I have to wait till the entire season's over and then just shotgun it in like one sitting. Yeah, I I have to at least wait until I have like three episode bursts because I just can't. I well, can't every do... ending is a cliffhanger. Yeah. I, no. I don't function that way. Like, do you remember when we were sitting in the fucking airport in, I think, I don't remember where we were, and I was watching, like, the <laughs> season finale of, like, the last season of Walking Dead, and I was, like, screaming. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We, we were on, a, like, a layover somewhere from em- Emerald City or something, but, God, I just can't with that show. Like, I have to be alone <laughs> and watch it. For several hours. Yeah. Well, Watching True Detective yeah. week to week was a nightmare because oh my god, I just wanted to fast forward time. At the end of every week, I was over. Uh, I, I'm going to next time. I caught it week to week, and I was just so happy with it that I couldn't wait until next week. Like I was just excited, but I can guarantee that after it came out, I marathoned that thing like three times over the course of the week just to be able to like watch it all back to back. I was like, oh my gosh, this show's so good. So good. Uh, to cut back to preacher real quick. Yes, I did. Oh, I did just want to. I just wanted to note that. Um, uh, Garth Ennis came out and made a statement about he he's read their script actually for it. Oh yeah. Um, and he said that he he really likes it and that they understand what he was trying to portray with the script, the satirical edge of the comic. So to try and ground us firmly in actually talking about preacher right now, uh, let's have mindless casting chat. Who would you somehow possibly yeah. cast as Jesse Custer? Oh my god. Mm. I need to give me a second. Um, if I, I could cast anyone I... as Cassidy, it would be David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good call. I could, um, I'm down with that. He's been a vampire before. Might as well just do it again. Okay. Surprise the role. Okay. Um, as Cassidy. Or you, mean as, you mean as Custer? You mean, uh, or as, as Custer, Custer, yeah. I don't, like, he doesn't, I don't know. He doesn't look the part, but I feel like Anton Yelkin could handle it. Yeah, I could do it. I I, I could see that. Um, He's a good, like, reluctant hero. Huh. Hey, what about you, man? I'm so terrible at casting this right now. 
Hmm. Oh, online a lot of people are petitioning for uh, Aaron Paul. <laughs> or uh, uh, Rufus, God, I can never pronounce his last name, Sewell, Sewell, I don't know. Oh, uh, oh, that's that guy from... I've heard um, people saying James Franco for Custer. No, straight up no. I'm just saying, I've heard it. I would hate it. I like the it. idea of... Um, <laughs> Uh, I like the idea of Timothy Oliphant, who's been like passed around too. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant isn't that isn't that bad. He's like, uh, he has like a show that he does with. It's called Justified, right? It's like West. Yeah, Street. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, okay. Rufus Sewell. Uh, Sewell. Sewell. He's English. yeah. I don't know. It's Sewell? British or something. That he was a uh, was he in a. Uh, he was in something big. He was the uh, the jackass knight in a in a knight's tale. Yeah. And apparently he was also an Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter, which was a lot better than I thought it would be. But still not very good. Yeah, still not very good, but, you know, when you think it's going to be horrible... When you go with such low expectations, <laughs> it's easy to come out on top. Exactly. Uh, low expectations and um, three pints of beer, and you're going to definitely <laughs> enjoy yourself there. Uh, sorry, what were you saying, Can we Chelsea? just say it? It's okay. Can we just say that I really want Fassbender to be Cassidy, but I also want Fassbender to be everybody? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you brought him up last week as some role too. Yeah, KG, that's the Listen, thing. He can't uh, cast Bass. I mean, unless you want to cast him as multiple man, then we could like split him up, you know, <laughs> and then he could be in all the movies. Um, Fassie can do whatever he chooses. I'm just gonna say it. Like, I do love Fassbender. I, do uh, I think he's been. I definitely. Did you see Frank? Wait, Frank. Uh, no, no, no. I have it on VOD. I just haven't watched it yet because I okay. don't know how I'm gonna feel. Um, that movie is brilliant. That's what I heard, yeah. And, and you Josh only see his face for like 10 minutes. Just, yeah, and he nails it. Yeah, I saw him Incredible. perform as like that band on uh, Conan, maybe, with like Maggie Gyllenhaal and the rest of the cast, and it looks so good. It's, really it's very good, yeah. Oh, okay, I remember seeing about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this was like earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Dang. How did I miss I know, As far as I'm concerned, Fassbender can get it. Like, I think he's just good at everything he does, and I have no complaints. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I think Fassbender could do it. That's definitely also he's done me. like serious TV before, and for terrible shows. I don't know if you guys ever were super into like big like BBC kind of television shows or anything like that. But they did this one called um, I'm gonna say Hex on um, they used to have Supernatural Saturdays on yeah, BBC yeah, yeah. America. The series was so bad, but he was in it, and he was the you most know, shining beacon of light. <laughs> he's like the one redeeming factor. Yeah, I feel like he just brings it no matter what, and that's not just because I'm in love with him, but also because he's just a wonderful actor. No, I agree. He does he does bring it on anything. Uh, I just can't watch BBC because it has horrible production values, and I'm spoiled by American culture. Yeah, I doubt I doubt they could he has ever terrible production values in a lot of things like Doctor Who, especially like yeah. granted, but also there's a lot of things that don't need production value, which is really fucking great. Like, Idris Elba's Luther is fucking amazing on there. And like That's true. Movies. That shows good. Yeah, or yeah, Orphan Black with Tatiana yeah. Maslany. Like, also all the stuff that doesn't show. have, like, CGI monsters and settings and stuff like that, they do fucking knock it out, like, cinematic-wise, so... I don't yeah, know. I think uh, an interesting idea that I just kind of had was maybe uh, you get, you know, somehow you dis- you discover a endless pit of money, and then you can get Edward Norton to be Jesse Custer. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he'll want to rewrite well, you know, the ending. I mean, in this in this <laughs> possibility, the endless pit of money avoids that, but... Uh, <laughs> 
You'll just be like, oh, you know the end, like, spoiler alert, if you haven't read Preacher yet, you should probably get on it, but cover your ears if you haven't. You know, like, the ending where the saint of all killers just fucking blows God's brains out? Edward Norton would be like, but I'm going to be God, too, and then I kill the saint of God should be killers. J.K. Simmons, I'm down with that. J.K. Simmons? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That'd be so good. Uh, that would be excellent. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, yeah, okay, so then, yeah, Preacher looks good. And last but not least in news, uh, DC Comics announced, or teased, I guess, a uh, brand new event called Convergence. And, yeah. Ryan, take it away. I don't know. It seems, it seems like it's some kind of big multiverse crossover thing. Yeah, it seems like a bunch of horseshit is what it seems like. <laughs> this is what it seems like. Here, let me tell you. This is literally DC... And, oh, my God. Okay. Let me collect my thoughts. Okay. For the last 20 years, DC recycles the same boring fucking plot line, and they pitch it as, like, this big, oh, my God, it's this big event. They did it first with Crisis on Infinite Which Earth. Which was really good. In, like, the 80s. George per yeah, excellent. George Perez did it. They were like, you know what? We have all these multiverses. Even our hardcore fans are like, wait, is that Superman from Earth A, B, 2? Like, Tommy the Talking Tiger is on this Earth. What is happening? So they do Crisis on Infinite Earths, and they reduce everything down to one Earth. And there are certain things that, like, affected the universe. Like, Batman no longer has a daughter with Catwoman, but there is a Huntress. It's just no longer their daughter. And so certain things like that, the Justice Society, society yeah, in, now in fact, I, in that I universe. In fact, I did it like the Crisis on Infinite Earths was really kind of like the first time in comics that they really did that whole the multiverse is everything's in fair game right and they needed to yeah it was and they needed to because dc at that point was just every time they wrote a story that some writer or like the nerds would outcry like this is bullshit they'd be like just kidding multiverse and so by, actually that was on earth 32 they, like, created <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So the, by the 80s, they had created 52 universes, and they decided to reduce it down to one. And then everything was fine, and this one asshole came along, and this asshole's name is Grant fucking Morrison. And now Grant Morrison likes to do this shit where he comes in, and this is what Grant Morrison does, and he did it with Marvel too. He likes to write his own comic books that are excellent, like Joe the Barbarian, fantastic comic book, or um, Sea Guy, super good comic book. But then he comes into a universe that already exists, and he's like, yeah, you know what? Fuck this universe. I like your characters in it, but I don't like any of the shit that it's based in, so I'm going to fuck everything up. And so he did it with he did it with Marvel, all new X-Men, which was like the weirdest run of X-Men ever. He's like, yeah, Professor X is just going to walk again, and he wears fucking black latex, and like all these people are going to die, and brains are going to explode. And everyone hated it, and Marvel quietly like swept it under the rug. They were like... And uh, Joss Whedon's going to write X-Men now, guys. Does that make everything better? Yeah, and everyone was like, oh, that's so much better. And then DC was like, hey, Grant Morrison, why don't you come fuck up Batman for us? And he's like, no problem, guys, I got you. So then Grant Morrison rolls around, and he fucks up Batman so bad that DC decides to relaunch their whole universe with Crisis. <laughs> Three years later, after New 52 exists, what happens? They're like, hey, Grant Morrison. Our sales are kind of dipping, even though for the first year we were really just barreling over Marvel. You want to come fuck shit up again? And he's like, hell yeah. And he's like, let me read what you've done so far. Okay, multiverse is coming back. And you're like, no, dude, that's why New 52 exists. We did that so there was no more, more, more multiverse. And he's like, yeah, well, this shit's about to get real meta. 
and then he screwed up everything. Yeah, for I mean, like I, I spotted some like faces in here. Like I think uh, Azrael Batman is in is in like some of the teaser images that they've shown, and so they're very clearly going to be like crossing over everything. Well, at the end of the last, I guess at the end of the last comic of the the Doomsday Run that mm-hmm. they just did for Superman, there's a crack in the multiverse, and I believe it's Brainiac just sees all the different worlds. And it's straight up just, like, literally just pictures pulled from the comics we were reading not even five years ago. So it's like they're immediately just retreating back. They're like, hey, guys, New 52, all this shit is wonky and weird now. And then we're bringing it all back. I'm really, like, lost in terms of DC. Like, I don't know what the plan is. I thought the New 52, I was like, okay, cool. This is kind of like the Marvel Now thing. Like, they're kind of rebooting everything. Everything's going to be a brand new start. It's going to be an easy place to pick up. And then what? (laughs) I don't know. And then it didn't turn out to be that way. (laughs) It's because they, like, half-assed it. They're like... Hey, you know, we are rebooting the universe, but um, certain things still happen. Like Barbara Gordon was still shot by Joker, um, but we're not going to tell you if really important events happened. Did Superman ever die? I don't know. Uh, did Batman get his back broken? Maybe. <laughs> like, cool. So they just kind of half-assed it forever, and now it's like, oh, three years down the road. Guess what, guys? Fifty-two more universes. Yeah, it's also. Don't get me started about the new 52, because then I just get really mad about Starfire all the time. Oh, you mean how she's a big old slut now? <sighs> but, but you got to give it There's nothing wrong with sluts. There's nothing wrong with sluts. But that's not Starfire. Stop it. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> I do have to say, Wonder Woman, new 52, is the best thing that's ever happened to Wonder Woman. I'll say that like I haven't I haven't read the the new run of Wonder Woman um, in New Fifty Two, but if they're treating Diana well, that's good f- for everyone. Wonder yeah. Woman is a piece of shit boring yeah, character. Free free New Fifty Two. I'm sorry, I don't care. That's one of my biggest like hot topic button issues. And every time I fucking say it, like there's some feminist in the crowd that's just like, you just hold don't up, like female superheroes. You. You can have this conversation all you want, and I'm not going to stop you, but don't say, some fucking feminist, yeah, because I, I, I will think, jump down your goddamn throat. Well, I but think... It's, but it's true. I think, that's what I, happens. No, no, no. I think no. that's a little that's, bit of, no. like, too much of, like, jumping to an assumed conclusion. Like, I think that it's certainly... Any kind of position about Wonder Woman, who's probably one of the most, like, beloved, like, female superheroes of all time, right? Whether she's a good character or not. You know, she's often looked at as, like, kind of like a feminist symbol in comics or whatever because of her or origins. Now, I don't think that necessarily you're wrong. I think that some of, like, Wonder Woman's storytelling can be pretty lazy. She's, like, queen of the Amazons, but she's not, right? Oh, uh, sure. But she lives in, like, magical Themyscira, like... There's definitely, like, some very lazy story writing there. She is somehow a more a more boring version of Superman. I don't well, even know how I think the way that, that you do that like, is that you have, like, decades of, like, sexism in comics and not paying the same amount of work ethics and, like, representation <laughs> to a female character compared to oh, a male no, character. I, I 100%. Right? Which is exactly why that feminist that you're but, talking about is so frustrated about your opinion of the character being shitty because right. it's not that see, she's like, necessarily the shittiest character ever. It's also maybe that maybe she didn't get the same kind of attention because it was like, well, she's Wonder Woman, put her in a skimpy, you know, yeah. stars and stripes and... But nonetheless, she's a shitty character. 
character. You can't right, just, but she's also hasn't gotten the same due diligence in, like, reboots that everybody else has. Right, I think which she has classifying now. everybody who's concentrating against, hey, I don't like the way that this is going for this character I really love by calling them a fucking feminist in, like, that tone yeah. is going to help your case. That's I'm all just, I'm saying. Okay, but here's here's the facts of the matter, Kelsey, and I hate to break it down like this for you, but it's happened to me at least five or six times. Every time I bitch about Wonder Woman being a shitty character, there is someone who calls himself a feminist. I'm not going to necessarily say that they are, but there is someone who freaks out on me and talks about how I just don't like female superheroes, and they don't get my side of the story. They just automatically assume that because I am a male calling a female character shitty, even though I have gone on numerous tirades about dozens of shitty fucking male superhero characters as soon as i attack a female one i get it i get it and i get where you're coming from totally do i'm just saying like that's not just feminist that's four or five feminists that you're talking about and and i want to and i want to just like you know like i think that the better way to frame that viewpoint is to be like look i'm really disappointed in the way that wonder woman was a character from the past and i am super fucking excited that the new 52 and i think that's where you're coming from i don't want you like right like that's where you're coming from is that like the new 52 wonder woman is the greatest fucking thing since sliced bread in the new 52 right Oh no! And so I think that's a testament that, like, you know, when she's given her due diligence, she can be a good character. So, like, you know, let's let's like celebrate the good character instead of like worrying about like all the old shit in the past. You know, because like clearly uh, DC doesn't care about all the new shit in the past because in three fucking months they're just gonna reboot it all, right? So like, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, like, for me, I just get tired of people every time I bring up Wonder Woman because they're like. Females need their own superhero movie. Like, Captain Marvel being announced last week, greatest thing that's ever happened. Because, like, females do need their own superhero movie. It shouldn't be Wonder Woman because she's boring as shit. There are dozens of female superheroes that deserve a superhero movie more than Wonder Woman. Speaking of that, I want to pause for, like, two seconds. Because even though this is not for realties yet, and it hasn't been, like, announced at all by anybody or even, like, remotely announced, there is a hashtag Black Widow movie campaign going on on Twitter, and Nathan Edmondson himself has been writing, like, the first pages of, like, a script for it. So let's all cross our fingers for that, too, because that would be fucking astounding. I I think we we would all be super excited if we can get, you know, some more badass ladies who get movies, right? Shit, yeah. I'm going to say veto Black Widow movie, but I agree with you. At any rate, we'll... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just, as a as a hardcore comic book fan, it has to... And just like you said, she didn't get her due diligence. Black Widow is a mostly boring character. She has a very Are you reading boring... her the new run of her series? She has a very boring supporting cast for the most part. Yeah. Well, no, I have not. So I'll give you that. Yeah, I, I will say that, like, that. Uh, like, check it out if you get some time. Because, like, the, the most recent run of Black Widow has been pretty pretty good so good there's just so, so many other characters i'd rather see and like also how many like i would i don't know she hulk to me is a way more interesting character i'm still about that yeah i mean i take brain, honestly but... like i'd take a movie about all three of those ladies like gladly i would love a yeah. she tv show that's just more about yeah. her being a lawyer Ooh, could you imagine show. like a like a procedural too, like, like law show with jennifer walters like <laughs> <laughs> going through like throwing trucks at it's offenders too- and then like rushing to the courtroom to get in time <laughs> I know you hate him, but Dan Slott wrote a She-Hulk run in, like, 2002, 
and it got super muddled and messy by the end of it. But the first, like, 20 to 26 issues was just about her courtroom procedures, and she's literally a metahuman's lawyer. So she handles yeah. metahuman cases. Right. It was incredible. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's almost like, like, ventures into that area of, like, um, of, like, Harvey Birdman, where, like, you know, you get the, like, wacky things that can go on when it's like, man, like, are, are Shaggy and Scooby really stoned all the time? I feel like there's a lot of those kind of angles that you could explore in the Marvel Universe, which could be pretty cool. I am going to download the new Black Widow, though, because I love Nathan Edmondson. Yeah. And I trust you guys. Take a peek, it's and so good, uh, hopefully next week we'll be talking about how happy you are that that comic is being written. But at any rate, comics this week, we've got some stuff that came out this week. Unfortunately, the biggest thing that came out this week <laughs> happened to be a new Axis event, which, um, yeah. which we had the pleasure of looking up. I haven't had the ch- chance to read it yet, but Ryan, you did get the chance to read this comic, and the cover contains a uh, certain character that I know you're kind of stressed about. This is, yeah, this is why we need a Twitter, because I'll sit here on my tablet when we're doing this, and I'll just tweet the images as we're talking about them. Yeah, so they, I actually like, um, I don't, like, hate Axis. It's some messy storytelling, but, like, it's kind of fun, it's kind of wacky, it kind of reminds me of, like, old-school comics in a way, where it's, like, it's a little on its head, topsy-turvy, like, what if all the superheroes were supervillains? But uh, Hulk becomes Hulkier. Actually, no, it's Bro Hulk. He becomes the Bro Hulk. He like watches Where UFC. Yeah, he like watches UFC now, and he wears a snapback, and he like listens to Stained, <laughs> even though like they haven't made a new album in like ten years. And, and he drives an enormous and, uh, truck. Yeah, and and then but for reals. But for real in the comic. Uh, Hulk transforms. It's actually kind of cool how it happens is all the Avengers are, they're like really, really um, egotistical now and they're self-centered and it's not so much that they're villains, uh, but they just only care about like progressing their own means. So they decide that they like the way that they are now and they're going to kill the Red Skull so that it can never be reversed. And Jarvis, the Avengers butler, tries to stop them and Luke Cage pushes him out of the way and Hulk gets super mad that they punched Jarvis, and he hulks out more, and in some of the worst comic book writing that's ever happened, he says, you're making me sad, you won't like me when I'm sad, Jesus. and then he turns black with, like, red veins and a white Which is the image that I have linked in the show notes right here for whenever this goes up. he, He says something along the lines of, like, my name is... Claw or Clue, or however you want to pronounce it, it's Hulk spelled backwards. It took a lot of brain power to come up with that name. Um, so he what does you're say is that this is the Hulk's like teenager, like hot topic refractory period. <laughs> yes, and he's like, I mean, he does call himself the Hulk's Hulk, um, and he does Oof. jump out of Avengers Tower and says, "I'm gonna go rock and roll." Is he like a Hulk right back to this as well? God. Um, so that was interesting. And then Red Skull got, the Red Skull got away, by the way. Red Skull, he's so sneaky. (laughs) Ah. Man, I guess we'll have to wait until Avengers and and X-Men Axis 5 to find out what happens. Yeah, the best part is we got, like, four more issues of this. Yeah, it's nine nine issues long, right? I think it's eight Um, or nine, yeah. I kind of feel... I kind of agree with you to some degree on Axis. I read issues two and three in between last week and this week, and, like, I get what they're going for, you know? 
I understand. But it's, yeah, it's just, I'm not mad at you, Marvel and Rick Remender. I'm just disappointed. Like, come on, guys. And you know what? I really like and look at your choices. I like Remender for the most part. Like, I thought his his run on, like, when he rebooted X-Factor years ago, when, like, it was Wolverine and um, Warpath. Oh, you mean uh, just recent reboot Force, right? Yeah, okay. X-Force, yeah, and then his recent reboot, too, with, like, Deadpool and Phantom X, I, like, I really mm-hmm. like those comics, um, and I liked his run on Punisher, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, his um, Punisher run is actually very good, I'll agree with that, I'm sure. Yeah, but, um, this one's just, I mean, you know, and he honestly probably didn't pick this part, I'm guessing Marvel was like, hey, who's one of our top, like, writers right now? Yeah, we got a new event, there you go, write this. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of politics that go into, like, so, who gets to write the Marvel event and stuff like that, so... Sometimes I like to think that he's just like, they gave it to him and he didn't really want to do it. And he's like, yeah, you're going to do this? Okay, watch this bullshit. Hulk he's like, this is what you get, guys. Now. This is what you get for not giving me control over this storyline. This is what you get when you make me sad. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and also, um, kind of like, quietly snuck in, um, I don't know if you guys saw the Spideyverse event. Oh, uh, do you mean the Edge of Spider-Verse stuff? Yeah, it launched this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, the first issue was, or, like, the first, like, uh, part of the checklist or whatever is Amazing Spider-Man number nine, and it's actually hella good. If you're not reading, like, it's a good jump-on point, because you don't really have to know anything about what's been happening, because it's just that shit crazy anyways. Um, Since you but, know Ryan is from NorCal. Yeah, <laughs> so, sorry. So, wait, uh, is this um, also, oh, is this continuing, so. like, the same Edge of Spider-Verse stuff with, like, uh, Gwen Stacy as, like, Spider-Woman? Yes. Or Spider-Man Woman or whatever? In fact, Ooh. yeah, and they, they totally recognize the fanfare with Gwen Stacy because they – so in the issue, basically what happens is – I don't know if you guys, like, fall, how, how hardcore you are on Spider-Man, but a couple, like, maybe even ten years ago, they introduced this character named Morlun, and he basically, like, hunts Spider-Man and, like, drinks their energy. He's basically like a vampire. Um, well, we find out that Morlun has, a like, he's the little brother in a family of, like, spider hunters, and they – all they do is they just, like, sit in their mansion and then jump into different realities and kill Spider-Man and just, like, drink their energy. Yeah. So the Spider-Man, like, find out and decide to team up and, like, fight them. And so they go recruit Peter Parker. But when Gwen Stacy Spider-Woman shows up, it literally introduces her as Gwen Stacy, your new favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, whoever is writing it just 100% recognize, like, oh, fans just totally fell in love with this character and we are going to exploit the shit out of that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's great to see more of it. Like, I think just from a costume design standpoint, I don't know. I know you're, like, a big fan of Spider-Man, but I feel like that's the best Spider-Man costume that I've ever seen in my lifetime. It's top five for sure. I definitely agree with that. Like, when I saw it, I was just like, that's a fucking cool yeah, listen costume. To the, listen to the hesitance that had to come out of Ryan's voice before that statement. He was like... <laughs> She's like, yeah, it is really good. I can't, I can't actually deny that. <laughs> you can't try it, but I just like, can't. <laughs> you, you can't beat like classic Spidey, man. But it's yeah. good. No, I mean, and like, I, uh, I, I just really like the series. It starts off with he's fighting the looter, who's just like a C-list villain, and then Spider Woman shows up, and Spider Girl shows up, and then Spider Ham shows up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, it's yeah. just, it's a lot of fun, and it's really Oliver, I can't pronounce his last name either, Koipel, Koipel. Oh, uh, I think it's uh, Koipel. I think it's Koipel. Yeah, he's doing he's doing the art on it, and, I like, his Spider-Man's probably one of my favorites. Also, didn't know this, 
You know there's a character now that exists that's just, she was also bitten by the radioactive spider? Wait, really? Yeah, her, her name is Silk. Oh, yes! That's such a better thing. Oh, yes. Yeah, her, her name is Silk, and the best part is when her and Peter are within close proximity to each other, they only want to do it. It's like Spider-Man crosses sex criminals. <laughs> he literally called him. He literally called himself like, or when they're together, he said it's like they're spider bunnies. Oh my god! But her character is also amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's it, the the Spider Verse event, like you said, has been pretty uh, well received amongst most people that I've talked to. Like, I know a lot of people that are aren't maybe the biggest fans of Spider-Man who are still reading that event just because of, like, um, the Gwen Stacy character and um, kind of... They were smart about it. They, like, tapped out. I mean, they pulled Gerard Way in. So anyway, I'm a huge Gerard Way fan. Like, Umbrella Academy, to me, is one of the best comic books ever written. So I, I have an Umbrella Academy tattoo. So when when they were like, hey, guys, Gerard Way is going to write a fucking Spider-Man comic, I was like, what? Like, well, I'm on okay, board for that. That shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's something also that Marvel has done a lot better job lately is realizing when things are doing really well and finding the time to have more releases or l- move a strong writer onto, like, another title or something like that. So, And then just one more comic I wanted to touch on real quick that you guys should definitely check out. It's an image comic called God Hates Astronauts. Ooh. It started off as a webcomic that this that. guy uh, did. His name's Brian Brown. And it started off as a webcomic, and it's just, like, the craziest, one of the best, best, like, illustrated things I've ever seen. But also just this insane, like, writing. It's about this team of, like, five superheroes that, uh, like, one of them was a superhero that had got, like, his head got so beaten in that he, um, like, replaced his head with a a ghost of a cow's head. So now he's a ghost cow superhero and like him and his wife have a baby that's also like super powered and then uh, another person on the team is carl winslow from family matters um, chicago cap with robot oh, arms yeah. yeah the chicago yeah except his name is like carl like something else like but it's a it's very easily like carl winslow from family matters but it's just a crazy insane mushroom lsd fueled run and it's awesome you gotta check it out yeah the art is fucking gorgeous and like the storylines are just so funny like i think issue two is literally just about like space crabs (laughs) yeah the uh i love image i love image yeah image has been just knocking it out of the park with their releases the last like year or so so but uh like it's only three issues in holy crap um so if there isn't a better time to start reading this book than right now. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna go try and hunt this down because that looks awesome. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, he like did his own Kickstarter to like put out his webcomic in a hardcover, and then Image picked him up. So yeah, that awesome. seriously, just like props to Image for doing things like that, giving wacky comic ideas like wonderful sex criminals and stuff. But like, you know what? Fuck it, let's do yeah. it. I just. I love it so much. Like, Image is just, to me, like, it's like the weird, like, indie art house fucking... <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah, like, they're the best. Ooh, it looks like there's a trade paperback yeah. as well that's out for the... Mm-hmm. For God, he's I think it's like the first four issues or something. Awesome. That's cool. Oh, oh, the trade paperback is probably a bunch of the um, webcomic stuff, right? Okay. I think it is, yeah. Okay, cool. 
Well, I'll put a link of, I'll save a link for that as well. Uh, is there anything else this week that kind of came out that we were kind of excited about? I don't think so. No, man, like I closed all my tabs. Oh, that's right. Like. Oh, uh, <laughs> the one thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, somewhat Gambit related is uh, All New X Factor came out this week. Issue number 16, it is, if people aren't reading this comic, All New X Factor is about a superhero team that's owned by a corporation called Serval Industries. The team consists of... Polaris, Gambit, Quicksilver, Warlock, and um, Cypher, and essentially they all um, are hired by this company to do good in the name, and while it took some time getting started, it's kind of hit its stride. Unfortunately, it's been canceled, <laughs> so, uh, like, that yeah, so, like, I don't know if that's because, uh, you know, it seems like the numbers weren't outright terrible for it, but they were definitely lower than, like, Marvel hoped so i'm going to be scrambling to like pick up the last few issues before you know it's all you know sad and gone and everything but um makes me sad especially because i love polaris yeah i mean well also they they released it bi-monthly and that that i'm i'm sorry that comic's not strong enough to support a bi-monthly yeah and i think i I don't know i think it was kind of very few things yeah i think it was in that weird area where it's like they don't know if X-Factor is a big enough name that, like, someone's going to buy it every week, so they don't want to devote, like, a weekly release to it, but... I, I would have made it monthly, man. Like, I, I would totally... I was picking it up for a while, and it got to the point where I was like, holy shit, why do I have, like, five issues of X-Factor at the time that I have, like, one issue of everything yeah. else? I mean, you know, it's... I don't know, I think it was, like, is at least a very interesting angle. Like, I like the idea of a corporation owning a superhero team, just in general. It sucks that it's getting canceled, but, I mean, it is more Gambit. I love anything with Gambit, yeah, yeah especially when he's written Me well. Too. Like, and he is. He's, uh, Gambit, I, I, I'll say that aside from some early stuff with, like, um, uh, with like Danger, the, the robotic personification oh, yeah. of the Danger Room, mm-hmm. uh, some of that was, like, a little bit, like, sloppy, but actually there's, like, this weird, like, gender and, like, sexual pairing thing that's going on with, like, uh, uh, Warlock and Danger right now that's actually, like, a lot more, a lot better written than I thought it would be, but it's still not out of this world amazing, but I don't know. It's Gambit, and, oh, man. I love when Quicksilver just, like, solves problems by just being fucking Quicksilver. He's just like, yeah, sorry, guys, I hope you remember that. I'm Quicksilver, and I run really fast, and I move super fast all the time. Quicksilver is a smarmy bitch. Every time I, I see Quicksilver, Quicksilver, see, like, that's the one character I am a hardcore Flash fan. So every time I see Quicksilver, I'm like, yeah, you're not as fast as the fuck. I will Flash. say, though, that Ryan, uh, you know, in, in this comic's defense, I think that in, like, at least eight out of the 16 issues that have been out, Quicksilver gets slapped in the face for hubris in the in those comics. Like, in the most recent one, this one, he just gets, like, smacked across the face by Polaris for some shit. Like, and yeah, so, should. like, they definitely deal with uh, Quicksilver as, you know, very true to his character being, like, crazy and bold and stuff like that. Uh, but anyways, that's essentially it for comics this week of uh, the releases that we were super stoked and excited for. Don't worry. Next week, Kelsey's going to yammer on about Saga for, like... 40 minutes. Well, I mean, I... If you want, I literally, you guys don't even have to be on the call. Like, I will just talk about Saga to a microphone by myself for two and a half hours. I don't you care. You just need me to press record over here, and then we'll just, like, let you go for a while? Yeah, just be like, Andy, just hit the button. Okay, thanks. Good looking out. <laughs> I'm going to make it my goal. That'll be my goal is to catch up so I can contribute. Please, dear God, dear Lord, just... Uh, 
So I think maybe that's the best thing for us and everybody else in the universe to do is that all of you wonderful listeners catch up on Saga this week, and then next week we're going to talk about Saga because it's a fantastic comic, and I'm sure we'll Next week I will just talk your fucking face off. Yeah, so, will, like one of these weeks there will be like there's there will be like no comic book news, right? And then we can just talk about like Saga the entire time. <laughs> and that week will be next week. <laughs> Um, but in terms of other things to recommend, uh, a week from today, a week from Wednesday, uh, the second issue of the brand new Thor book comes out with um, Thor as a lady, um, because lady you know, Thor. she is worthy and male Thor is not. So, Do we know who, who it is yet? No? No. But it is a fantastic comic, and you should read it. Everyone should read it. Can we also talk about that she's already a playable character in Marvel Puzzle Quest? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I got to say that Marvel's, like, Facebook game integration is a lot more on point (laughs) than their, like, free-to-play action RPG Marvel heroes. Like, it took them forever to get, like, Nova in there, but he was in, like, that Facebook game a week after he was, like, changed over to Sam What's-His-Face or whatever. Yeah, also... We, we should figure his name out. <laughs> We've talked the about her twice her in two weeks, so... So, so on point. And I just want to, like, compliment every single person who en- had any input whatsoever on her actual, like, uniform, so to speak. Like, holy shit, it's so good. It's everything that a lady superhero's uniform should be. It's not like, look at me, I'm, like, a sexy version of this guy. Like, it's literally just, like, her own shit. You can tell she can kick ass in this, and this wouldn't be, like, some, like, how does that breastplate stay up? Like, it all makes sense and isn't excessive in the way that comic book women usually are made out to be sexualized. And I just love it so much. And she looks like such a badass. She looks like every character I have ever created on Skyrim. (laughs) She's not dressed like Power Girl. She doesn't just have a huge hole in the middle of her breast. Just some midriff just revealing so you can see her belly button which, don't get me wrong, I'm totally fine with ladies who like that. That That's totally their choice. But I just feel like we need some variation. And we shouldn't just be pigeonholed into, like, the one, like, cool, here's your sexy elf. Like, no, just give me something that they can kick ass in. And this is exactly most that. Most importantly, if you've got a problem with Lady Thor, I think you should bring it up with her and Mjolnir, and uh, we'll let you guys handle that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, also uh, Russell Dodderman is like the guy who's doing the art on the most recent run of Thor, and he kind of picked up a bit of the work at the end of the most recent Cyclops run, um, which unfortunately, after Greg Rucka got off of the writing, kind of took a bit of a dip, but you know, it's... Still Scott Summers, if that's something that you guys are interested in. But Thor? Uh, I hate Scott Summers more than I hate the Red Hulk, so definitely not. Uh, But at any rate, (laughs) Thor uh, is definitely a fantastic comic, and you guys uh, should check it out. Um, Any other recommendations from you folks out there? That's it for me this week. Listen to our podcast next week so you can listen to All About Saga. That's my recommendation. All About Saga, all, all hour long. Oh, one hour. That's right. Okay, so the only other thing that I remember that I wanted to say on the podcast, because we mentioned it last week, and like 40 minutes after we stopped freaking recording, I thought about it and texted Kelsey about it. In Humans movie, uh, we we were talking about casting Medusa, Rose Leslie. I I, I think that's a fantastic casting for Medusa. I back it. I back it so hard. She was Egret. She plays Egret on Game of Thrones. 
I'm not going to. The red-headed wildling. Who says, you know nothing, just know. Like that. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Right? I'm down with that. She's got some acting chops. She's got strong presence. I think she could knock that damn one out of the way. I'm glad you gestated on that, Andy, and uh, <laughs> gave, like, a yeah. credible no, answer. No, it was, like, uh, I, I'm sorry, I, like, cast, move, imaginary movie casting is, like, my favorite brain exercise ever, and... Which is why I think we've done it for, like, an hour on each podcast so far. I'm glad that you weren't immediately, like, uh, redhead, uh, Laura Prepon should be fucking Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, she can make out with all the prison lesbians she wants and watches the new black, but there is no room for her here. I no. agree. I don't want her anywhere in my uh, humans movie. Oh. No. But Rose Leslie would be awesome, and then also merges Andy's and I, like, massive, like, all-encompassing love of all things Game of Thrones with our comic book world, and it's just going to make it way better. And then um, and then Peter Dinklage can play Lockjaw. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought I thought Peter Dinklage was gonna play Puck from Alpha Flight. Like I so thought that he was gonna be the tumbling, crazy Canadian, like in some insane world where an Alpha Flight movie. I don't know. I was like maybe. maybe, and then they're like, no, he's playing Boulevard Trask, and I was like, oh, I guess that makes more sense. The Napoleon complex works, right? <laughs> Build giant robots. <laughs> Okay. Well, we are at like an hour. Yeah, and a we're half a little bit. Right now, we're a so. little bit under so an hour and a half. So uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Tune in next week. We're gonna try and talk about Saga, which will be coming out next week. Of course, we're gonna have some more comic book news, some recommendations, and some reviews for you guys as well. A bunch oh. of shit talking, as Ryan oh. and I are prone to do. Oh, Ryan, we're gonna have to save that. I feel like you're just moderating us all the time, Andy. Yeah, it's really just Andy's like the good cop, and you and I are both just bad and worse. Just to like guide you guys through the endless conversation that Ryan and Kelsey could have on this. If we uh. ever need to do PR for anything, like it's definitely gonna stack up on Andy. Uh, but sure. but once again, it's why I'm an advocate of Chris Chris Hardwick picking us up as like a radio talk show because we can do it for hours. Yeah, right. Just put us on like the, the nerdist sure. and like a button that says streaming live at the top, and we'll just talk forever. Yep. <laughs> It'll literally just be you and me like talking about Game of Thrones. <laughs> what is this? It'll just be Kelsey watching Bones. Listen. Just fucking live tweeting bones. I live tweet bones already. Yeah, technically you can already get that on <laughs> KG's on Twitter. So, uh, but at any rate, it's better than my live tweeting of America's Next Top Model. Oh, granted, but <laughs> sounds pretty interesting as well. I have certain female needs. You just leave me alone. And uh, we all have certain needs, like sleeping, <laughs> eating food, reading comics. And, yes, uh, ending this recording. So thank you guys so much for listening. (laughs) Tune in next week. We're going to have another great episode. Until then, we'll see you guys next week. (laughs) To hear more of Two Guys, a Girl, and a Comic Book Podcast, or to share your thoughts and comic recommendations, follow us on Twitter at 2G1GTalkComics. That's the number 2G, the number 1G, Talk Comics. Or if you'd like to email the show directly, you can do so at twoguysandagirltalkcomics at gmail.com. All letters this time. As always, you can find more episodes of the show by visiting our Podbean at twoguysandagirltalkcomics.podbean.com. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you next time. 